You are listening to episode 13 of the TJ Tells It podcast. Today, I'm bringing you an interview with Susan, who's got practical tips for everybody and especially for those raising kids. Welcome to the TJ Tells It podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and this is your straight talk guide to the fitness lifestyle by a non-traditional fitness junkie. Have you ever said, I could never run, lift weights, take a spin class, complete a 5k, or even that marathon? If you ever said, I'm not the fitness type, are you afraid to go to the gym because you don't know where to start or what to do? Or are you just looking for a little motivation to get out the door? If I just described you, then this is the podcast for you. You will hear about starting a health and fitness lifestyle, tips and tricks to staying on track and motivated. You'll learn the ins and outs of becoming a healthier you. You will also get to meet some of my favorite fitness junkies around and more. Lace up your shoes and let's get this journey started. Hi everyone, today I'm bringing you an interview with Susan, who is a fellow run lead with the Atlanta Track Club and a friend on her very own health and fitness journey. Susan, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. So hey, I'm Susan. I started running with the Track Club seven years ago, whenever uh, my son joined a um, run club at a school. And I thought, well, how can I encourage him to get out and run when I definitely couldn't do that myself. So I signed up for Peachtree. I took the Peachtree training and went from, oh my gosh, how can I actually do this to completing a half marathon that year, which was absolutely crazy to stop and think about where I started and where I ended that year. Yeah. So it sounds like we definitely have similar journeys. We actually met, um, when I was a run lead and she was training for another half marathon, but I didn't realize that she wasn't a run lead too. We were just two people moseying along, doing our training runs, chatting, helping each other along. And it wasn't until like, I don't know what, two weeks before the race that I was like, so Katie, okay, you want to meet at the start line and whatever? And she's like, eh, I paid for training, but I'm actually going out of town for Thanksgiving. And I was like, uh, wait, wait a minute. You, you leaving me by myself to do this? And she was like, yeah, I'm okay with that. So tell us a little bit about why you are, you train a whole lot, but you don't always do races. After I finished my first half marathon, it's like, okay, now what? And I started just doing the track club events. And the very first event that I went out to, to race was a 5K. And I gave it my all. And I got to the finish line and I was like, okay, I'm going to be sick now. I'm, you know, I don't feel good. (laughs) This is going to hurt. And the thing that I was thinking as I was uh, doing the race was I'm glad I'm doing faster and I can do this. But I was jealous of the people that were like jogging along with their friends, talking. And I thought, I don't want to feel horrible at the end of every race. And it wasn't even 20 minutes later when someone came by and said, Hey, I'm so glad to see you. We're looking for a run lead for this spring (laughs) to help people start with peach tree training and motivate them to get going. I'm like, that's the answer. That's me. So I try to be there to help people. (laughs) 
You know, absolutely. It definitely motivates me to keep moving is helping people along. And I think had I known that A, you weren't going to show up at the race and B, that you were a participant, it might have been a different experience. First time run leading for a distance that I'd only done once before. But um, getting out there and being able to have the chat and your our long runs on Saturday mornings is when we normally do them are easy runs. So we do get to chat and there's no race pressure. It's get your mileage in. You want to keep a decent pace for whatever your goal is, but you want to get your body used to moving that far. And there's definitely a benefit to the social aspect of it for sure. I love that part of it. Um, so I know you do more than just run because there are other times when she works out without me. I don't know why she thinks that's okay, guys, but she does. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what the other things you do. So amazingly, I get up and get to a 6 a.m. class. Crazy girl. <laughs> and it's one of the full body weightlifting, body pump, body works, whatever the gym might call it. But I find that one very, very motivating. And... You know, it's not like the peppiest class around because I actually went to see the instructor at a different class in like mid-afternoon and it was really hard to believe it was the same guy because <laughs> his energy level on, at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. is totally different, but it's a hard workout. You end up, you know, you leave there super sweaty. How can you not have accomplished something? Right. No, I do love a good cardio weightlifting class occasionally. But yeah, it, it's deceptively hard. You don't realize until you're partway through and you're like, you want me to do what? Uh, maybe you used it all up at the beginning of class. <laughs> but then you realize, I can do this. I can keep moving. Is that kind of what it's like in your class since we've never been together? Yeah. I mean, it's a great class and there's a hardcore group because very few people get the off-the-wall idea to come to the 6 a.m. class. So there's a lot of motivation. And if you miss a week, they comment on it the next week. And that's the kind of motivation I need for to have somebody that says, hey, I missed you or you made a difference in my life. Yeah, so the motivation of having others in class helps a lot. I tried to take it more than once a week, and I'm still working on finding the right schedule to do that. But we also had a new instructor come out and he was doing like five classes a week and he burned out after a month and we never saw him again. Yeah, there's something to be said about balance and kind of keeping yourself, knowing what your limits are and keeping with what you can do, but also pushing yourself a little bit at a time so that your limits are expanded. But before we talk a little bit more about that, let's talk about how you make it to a 6 a.m. class because... I basically make it to the startup races because those are ridiculously early, but I know that people are going to be there. And if it's not too far from my house or my end destination, I can make it to a super early class. Or it's one of these once one-time deals like this 5.45 a.m. class that you've convinced me to go to. How do you do it every week? A lot of it's planning. I mean, it's Tuesday mornings. So Monday night is all about before I go to bed, make sure everything's packed and I have the luxury of taking my clothes with me, taking a shower and going to, directly to work. But that means I have to have everything. And occasionally I'll get to the office and realize, oh, I don't have shoes today. <laughs> or, but so I walk around in my sneakers, 
But there's also the secret of just having one stash of everything in the car, just so that you're not underwearless that day or sockless. Because I hate whenever you've gone to the effort and you get somewhere and you don't have a pair of socks. And socks are ultimate for me. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> socks not so much. I take them or leave them. I sometimes even forget to put them on when I should be wearing them. And I know that my feet are going to hate me later if I don't. Underwear. That would be yes. my deal. Break. Like, no, underwear means I have to go back home in my world. There's no, like, oh, let me go commando today. Because, no. Because no. it'll be the day where you're like, oh, let me go commando. I'm wearing a maxi skirt. It gets caught in a door and gets pulled partway down, and then I flash the office. Ain't happening. No underwear, no go. So I also keep, like... I probably have more pairs of underwear in my gym bag than one person needs in a gym bag at a time, but I, like, that's a deal breaker. Anything else, and I probably can work around it a little bit. The underwear, uh, yeah, it's a deal breaker for me. It's the socks for the workout, definitely underwear for the office. Yeah, because I will be that person that's like, we're sending a company-wide email to remind you that you should not show your but to people at work because flashing people is against the dress code policy. Do what you need to do, even if that includes putting on underwear every day. Because that's the way life happens, right? So you talked a little bit about being motivated by the people in your class and having that group around you. What is it about that that keeps you motivated to coming to the 6 a.m. class? Well, I think... Definitely any training, I do better whenever somebody is expecting me to show up. And I enjoy the, the side conversations of whatever it is, whatever topic we get on that day. Um, I'm a programmer, so I sit at my desk all day, sometimes by myself and don't talk to anybody all day. So it's, there's a very social aspect to working out for me because it's the one chance a day that I can talk about anything. And sometimes I'm listening, sometimes I'm venting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's you have to have that person to vent to and just say, okay, I've got that off my chest. It's not going to worry me anymore. We have had many, many, many vent and walk sessions. We show up and we're like, okay, we're going to do this workout. And we get there and we go, oh, my God, let me tell you about insert whatever. And 45 minutes later, we've gone a couple of miles or more, but we spent it venting and not doing like a concentrated workout. But it's, we feel so much better afterwards and we'll text each other later and be like, oh, thank God we met because, ooh, I might be eating bologna. And for those of you who don't know about my bologna comment, I always tell myself that before I do something irrational or crazy that could land you in jail because they feed you bologna in jail and I don't eat bologna. So if you're ever having a hard day and you're like, Ooh, I'm feeling a little stabby today. Remind yourself, I don't eat bologna. And it'll make you feel better. It'll bring you back into perspective. Or whatever that mantra is for you that calms you back down. Mine's, I don't eat bologna. Well, that's a good one. You know, we all have our things, right? So let's talk a little bit about mental health. I feel like it's a under-discussed topic when people are talking about their health and fitness journey and what they want to do. People are all about what are they eating? How much weight are they losing? How much weight did they lift? How far did they run? They don't necessarily talk about what's it like mentally to do something like, let's take a half marathon because 
sometimes that seems extreme to people in our world it doesn't seem as extreme anymore we were just talking about this but let's talk about what other things other than showing up for someone else keeps you motivated along the way well and even whether a half is extreme to you you have to it is for you and you have to remember that there's marathoners out there that it's not extreme for them but that doesn't take anything away from what you're doing and, you know, every time I went out during half marathon training, it was the far, well, during even peach tree training, it was the farthest I had ever gone every week. And so, yes, I was sore and yes, I was tired, but wow, I walked this far and it totally redefined everything in my life that I'd go to the grocery store and think, hey, I just walked further than I drove to get to the grocery store and back. And I just walked further today than I drive to work every single day. And it was so funny how everything, every time I got in the car, I was comparing it to how far did I go today? (laughs) No, yeah, it totally works for me that way too. And now when I give directions to people or talk about how far point A is from point B. I talk about it in race distances. So for instance, I was having a conversation with coworkers and we're talking about how far someone lived away from one of the spots we met for happy hour. And I was talking about it in terms of the AJC Peachtree Road Race 10K distance, which is 6.2 miles. And I'm like, well, it's probably about 1.35 miles, not to be exact or anything, because it's this point on the race course to that point on the race course. And if I remember correctly, that's about what it is. And they're like, why do you know this? And I'm like, oh, well, when you do a 10K every July 4th for the last, I don't know, seven years, you know these kinds of things. You know exactly where the mile marker is that you made made it that far. No, yeah. (laughs) So I love that you recognize that it's about what you're doing in your own personal journey and that comparing it to other people, your levels of what's extreme may be different, but the struggle that goes into it and what keeps you motivated, that sense of accomplishment can be the same across levels, distances, activities, and keeping a person motivated. You know, the one thing that never makes sense to me is when I go to a cardio class at the gym and I'm like sweating buckets, I don't think, oh my gosh, I'm a hot, sweaty mess. I think, why isn't she sweating? Like, why did she even come if she's not even going to put any effort into it to break a sweat? Because I'd like to think that no matter how physically fit you are, you should sweat. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, there are some people who don't sweat. I guess. Sweating's really hard. But, but they don't look like they're working that hard either. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I was just about to say. I bet they don't even look like they're working hard. And sometimes it's all about the effort that you put in, and you may go a mile farther than the person next to you, but if you both put in that hard work, you both can relish in that sense of, I've accomplished something today, and... I'm better for it. So I love that. I love, 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 love that. So let's talk a little bit about like what's the hurdle that you encounter as you go along this journey of trying to make sure that you maintain a level of health and fitness and also improve it. And I think especially with TJ always going, hey, we're going to meet up and we're going to do this, right? <laughs> that the physical side of my health is actually very good. It's the nutrition side that is always a challenge for me. And I, you know, it's not too bad to get up and eat something, get off to the gym, 
I eat great salads for lunch made of whatever leftovers on top of my, you know, my salads and everybody at the office is always commenting on, oh, that's so colorful, whatever. But what they don't see is the when I get home part. Right. (laughs) And I'm grabbing chips while I make dinner or I'm eating ice cream while I make dinner or I just eat ice cream instead of dinner or and it's things that I'm very aware of. And whenever I make that the focus of what I should be doing, I see a huge difference. And it's a constant struggle not to slip back from good eating habits. And I've, I have expanded all the, um, you know, good things that I can eat. And I love vegetables and I've tried new foods and there's some foods that people talk about are all these healthy super things. I'm like, I would never eat that. And my life is complete without everything. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. I say that about broccoli probably once a week. I'm just saying broccoli, not necessary. No, it's not. But you can find the things that work for you. And in this day and age of having every kind of food imaginable, it's, it's out there. But it's always a constant struggle not to go sure with my 15 year old son we'll go through mcdonald's today and not grab the big mac with him and go home and eat what i already have there waiting for me instead of like oh i'll just save that for lunch tomorrow (laughs) no that struggle is so real and at work one of the um managers is always like oh you're eating those organic grapes again or whatever i'm like they're conventional grapes and they're just gonna get a double wash but yes i'm eating grapes but i also eat potato chips sometimes too and i drink soda because they have fountain drinks for free as much as you want to get and i for a while when they got put in i was on this dr pepper kick and i was like oh we got to quit this cold turkey because dr pepper will take over your life sometimes it is delicious and it's great (laughs) in a pulled pork in the Instant Pot or Crock Pot, but having it available to you every day when you're a Dr. Pepper junkie is not great for controlling how much sugar and carbonation and whatever random other things are in Dr. Pepper because it's not like having a fresh pressed juice, that's for sure. Delicious, but maybe in moderation. And for me, that means not at all at work. But the other things that people don't see prior to me banning manufactured candy in my life like snickers and reese cups is i would eat candy as my like oh someone made me mad i had something good happen i'm bored i might be hungry that's my easy go-to food and trying to avoid doing that definitely required me to kind of put some replacements in front of me and then the like stubborn i'm gonna do this for x number of days and i told people about it and I'm still telling people about it. I'm almost to my year of being candy free, but so it's hard. I mean, what kinds of things have you tried when you have put that as your forefront of the, I don't want to eat ice cream while I cook dinner or just eat ice cream for dinner or potato chips or what have you, what kinds of strategies have you used when you've been good at it? And what I find now is that I have a drawer at work where I'll put snacks but they have to be portion snacks. You know, I went to Costco and got the huge tub of cashews. It's, <laughs> they're wonderful, but you can't just have a handful of cashews and go, oh, I'm going to have another one, and oh, I'm going to have another one. 
But they have their place because I can have a small afternoon snack and then I'm not so hungry when I get home that I can take the time to make my meal or my son's meal without just grabbing whatever's there. I love it. So having a portion controlled but tasty snack mid-afternoon prior to going home and knowing that you're going to have to cook dinner so there's going to be a delay before you can eat is a great strategy for keeping the um, what's the easiest thing at hand to eat and shoving it in my face method of nutrition. I like it. Nice, practical, (laughs) actionable step that everybody can take. And, you know, occasionally I do that. And when I remember to put what I like to call my car snack in my bag, it definitely keeps me from just wanting to grab whatever the first thing is that I see at home. So sometimes I'll like drive and eat an apple on the way home because I know I'm going to have to cook something because that may be part of my meal prep for the week, which is that I chose like Wednesdays to go home and actually cook something instead of just reheating something that I cooked on Sunday. Right. Because I like to have a fresh thing for dinner because I do eat so many leftovers at lunchtime. You know, so meal prep for me Sunday just makes sure that I kind of have everything that I need, that I don't have to stop at the grocery store during the week, but not necessarily cook whatever that main thing is. But we... We grill a lot, and something always tastes better hot off the grill than kind of microwaved Absolutely, <laughs> at that time. Absolutely. And that's definitely one of the meal prep um, tricks, tips that I list in one of the articles that I have online. I'll link that into the show notes, which is that meal prep doesn't always mean cooking every single meal to completion, but sometimes it means making sure you have everything you need and doing the mise en place. So you chop it up and portion it out and uh, put it in little containers so that when you get home, it's a little bit faster to cook, but you still get the enjoyment from cooking. Yeah. I, I love that as a as a life strategy for making sure that I can eat hot, nutritious foods. And then when I do cook everything from start to finish on a Sunday to meal prep, because I know I have a crazy week, I'll go the extra mile and reheat it maybe on top of the stove or in the oven while I'm letting the dog out and changing my clothes and things like that. So yeah, that make it seem more like you just made it. Yeah. And you know, and now whenever I get a watermelon, it's all cut up and cubed and in a bowl in various sizes of bowls for whoever's going to grab it at that time. So it's not even just saying, well, I have grapes in the fridge. It's like, well, that's great, but you still have to open the fridge and get them and make that your choice and not whatever's sitting on the counter. So I probably need to clear out a cabinet so that all the foods I shouldn't be eating have to be opened <laughs> to, I like to see that. them because right now they're the kinds that just sit on the counter. No, that makes it out of sight, out of mind is a real thing for me, except for when there are things that I really, really love. And then I can hear them screaming my name from the pantry. They're like, why did you close me up in here? Eat me, eat me. And I I generally eat them and then I don't buy them again because, you know, I anybody got time to be listening to them calling my name all the time and knowing I can't resist because I'm such a giving person, you see. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, get, I'm You know, I can't have them sad and alone in the pantry so they have to get happy in my belly and that is not always productive for a healthier meal plan when I need it to be for sure. But I like that idea. So another practical tip, guys. 
put the things that are your um, trigger foods or the things that you really love or that are maybe not as healthy as some other choices in a cabinet away so you don't see it, but also prepping and pre-wash those grapes and, you know, spin them in a salad spinner and put them on a piece of paper towel in a container so they last a little bit longer in the refrigerator. Cut up your watermelon when you get it. Or if you can bring yourself to pay the extra price for the pre-cut up fruit at the grocery store, do that. And then it's going to be easier to make that choice because you're not going to be thinking, it's going to take me another five minutes to get to the stack. I love it, Susan. You're full of these practical (laughs) tips today. I love it. So you mentioned that you have a son and sometimes you do multiple meals or he wants something that is not as healthy and whatnot. How do you manage keeping your family on a healthy diet and kind of moving along with having the nutrients that they need to get. I think especially for the kids, yes, they're always going to say, yes, I want pizza. Yes, I want McDonald's. But if you, when he's ready to eat, he's not going to complain when you give him something that's hot and ready and good. And yes, maybe after some time he'll be like can't we do mcdonald's tonight because it'll click that he hasn't had something in a while but i'm not to bash mcdonald's but <laughs> no i mean yeah i mean any any of the fast food places that are out there that just happens to be his favorite um but i think that as long as i'm making meals and that there's food there it's not a question of we have to do fast food tonight Fast food is the, we don't have a plan for dinner. I like it. And we're hungry now. And you really just have to make sure you have something at home that, you know, if you say, hey, I'm working on dinner and it's going to be half an hour, fine. You know, or here's some grapes to hold you over. I like it. I like it. So the I'm hungry now is never going to go away, but whether or not you have a plan to address the I'm hungry now makes a difference on the quality of food that right. you eat, your son eats, your entire family eats. Um, and we all know when you're going to the McDonald's drive through if he has his choice, he's not going to pick the healthy items that McDonald's has on their menu. Right. They do, but that's not why we go there. Right. He's going to pick the... <laughs> you know, Big Mac with a large fry and a large Coke, right? Exactly. And then you're going to be like, oh, those fries smell really good. Or remember that the fries smell really good. So then you're like, oh, well, maybe I should, oh, it'll just be easier if I go ahead and grab myself something. And then because you're hungry now, you're not necessarily going to pick the healthiest thing on the menu. Am I right? Right. I like it. Right. And I wouldn't buy their salad because I would eat it and then be like, eh, mine's better. (laughs) So true. Uh, Being gluten-free has helped me immensely with the uh, fast food options that I have. (laughs) Not because I'm being super healthy with the gluten-free, but I'm gluten-free because I have to be, not because it's like I've decided that the lifestyle I want to live, but rather my stomach has decided that is the lifestyle I need to live. And so I don't go through drive-thrus nearly as much as I used to because it's just too hard to negotiate the menu sometimes and figure out what is and isn't gluten-free and cross-contamination and whatnot. But I do know that sometimes I'm going to be hungry now and I'm going to need to get something and I have my go-to places that I go to and I try really hard to make that good choice or I just leave my assumptions of like, this is cross-contaminated, so I'm not going to get it. But it generally is just for a holdover until I can get home to the more nutritious things. But the drive-through can get you. So having a plan 
is another practical yeah. tip to kind of avoid the. I mean, the, and there's a lot of granola bars and nuts and different things you can have in the car. It's true. On a normal basis, and you know, I work downtown, so there's always homeless people on the side. Like, oh, help me out! And I was like, you can have a granola bar. I got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> See, you can give back to the community and keep yourself healthy all at the same time. Susan is killing it today with these practical tips. Now you see why I hang around her, because when I need a solution to something, she's definitely a go-to person for telling it like it is and uh, giving you a solution that's practical and that works for you. So we've talked a little bit about nutrition and we've talked about the fitness part of it. Let's talk about lifestyle a little bit. How do you, how does balance play a role in your journey? Well, I think a balance is obviously critical. And you have, you know, a lot of excuses women give, especially when their kids are little, is I need to be there for my kids. But I've found over the years that it, there's quality time, and then there's just time. Mm. And if you're there every day with your kid, they don't appreciate that. And they don't realize the difference. And if you're able to say, well, this is mom's night at the gym and you're going to be with dad tonight or you're going to stay extra long with your friend and look, you can go play with your friend today and we'll take them later in the week while their mom's at the gym. Then they're seeing healthy lifestyles. They're seeing that even if they're not understanding what it is you're doing, they're appreciating when they have you rather than assuming that you're always there. That's true. And talking about having to take care of your children, which I know nothing about because I don't have kids, but I do have a dog. So I, you know, she's sometimes like a <laughs> toddler. And anybody who has met Zoe or heard any Zoe stories knows that she really can be like a toddler and get into everything and cause drama in my life. But I love her. She's my hot mess and I keep her. People make excuses, but then time is limited. How have you brought your son along with you when you do some of your healthy things? Well, I got him to do his first uh, helping at a track club race last year, which, of course, we picked the absolute coldest day of the year where the water was actually freezing in the cups before the runners, came, the lighter runners came by. Um, but he also gets me out trying things that I've never done before. So when he first said, hey, mom, let's go zip lining," It's like, you want to do what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, ziplining, huh? Hmm. Which, you know, you're a hot, sweaty mess when you come back from ziplining because you've had to crawl up some ladders. And, you know, I think just the adrenaline rush of your heart beating a mile a minute while you're zipping down the line. <laughs> Has to have some cardio benefits, right? Definitely. Um, you know, I, I think just using different muscles you haven't used before, and I mean, generally, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've not been ziplining because I may or may not be afraid of heights, like in a major kind of way. But you are kind of up a hill or a mountain or up like in the trees, and so you're gonna have to do a little bit of hiking, a little Got bit a of climbing. Little bit of that. You're gonna do some walking and. Things like that and just using muscles you've never used before. Yeah, yeah. And for what, uh, for Mother's Day one year, I got a bicycle okay. and the two of us went out bicycling and that was a big thing we went through for a while. And, you know, now it's not cool to go bicycling with your mom, but 
he still takes his bike out and, and realizes now it's quicker to bicycle than it is to walk down the street to see his friends. I love it. Um, you know, but being a 15 year old, that's a constant challenge that, oh, but mom, I just want to sit here in my Xbox. So we try to plan something. And when we have an activity and there's nothing that makes me happier whenever we've actually spent the day together and he goes to bed without touching the Xbox that day, without even realizing that he's that's happened. I like it. So you play a little, you play a little dirty. I like it. You play yeah, a little dirty. You're like, hey, let's go zip lining through the trees instead of playing your Xbox. I'm not sure that would have worked on me. Well, he would. You don't but... even mention the Xbox. Like next oh. weekend, we're going. We he talked me into scuba certification, and we're going to spend eight hours next Saturday and Sunday in the pool working on our scuba diving. And you know, it's just there's so many ways to be active. I like it. Um, I let Susan try these things out. When she comes back alive, I then go, "Ooh, I'm going to add that to my bucket list." And now no, I know. <laughs> now I know someone who'll do it with me. I'm. I will add some of these things to my bucket list. Yeah. Zip lining. I. I really want that adrenaline rush. I really do. I am not a hundred percent convinced that I can like get myself to actually like step off the platform. But I always said that once I was what I considered well within the weight limits for zip lining on a cruise as an excursion, you see how you know, mm-hmm, oh, yep. yeah, get yourself. Then on the I will go zip lining, and I figure if I take a friend with me, like I don't know, Susan. Yes, I just did say that she's going to go on a cruise with me, and we're going to go <laughs> zip lining. That if nothing else, she'll just put her hand on my back and shove a little bit because she knows at the, in the end I will probably love it because I do love a good adrenaline rush sometimes but i let her try these new things out and see whether or not she's gonna die first um okay but dying may be a little melodramatic no no see no, no, how no. she comes back and what her experience is before i go do things i know some of y'all out there listening do the same thing with me so i don't feel bad about it Mm-mm, and at all the scarier thing to me is the cycling class we're taking next week. See, and I'm all about it. I'm like, Trap Tuesday with our girl Bianca, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, the seat's going to violate us, and we already know that, but it's going to be amazing. And she's like, uh, we mean... I'm like, just sign up. It's filling up. It's filling up. Now, mind you, they when I told her that, there may or may not have been like half the bikes left. But it's sold out now. I knew it was going to sell out, and so now we're going to yep, do a so- class together. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. You have given us many, many practical tips, making a plan, having some convenience foods, but portion control, pre-wash and cut up your watermelon, your grapes, hide the food that are easy to grab for, but not so nutritious, and so much more. Do you have a recommendation for a go-to source, blog, book, something that will help someone who is just starting their health and fitness journey? Mm, the TJ Tells It site. You know, <laughs> you're waiting for that. No, it's no. like the, what, fifth person that I've interviewed now, I think. I can't remember how many I've done. But they all start there. And TJ Tells It blog did not always exist, but TJ existed. And I was full of all this stuff, which is, she's one of the people that told me I needed to have a blog and that I should go ahead and do it. But I don't pay these people to say that. What else? Do oh, you what else? You know, I don't do a lot of reading about things, and um, I'm more of a talk to other people and learn their experience sort of 
sort of thing. I, That's that kind of like get to the gym, hook up with these people. What are you doing? Get out walking with these people. What do you do? I'm not really a fact finding kind of. <laughs> Got time for that. <laughs> yeah. So if you can't tell, Susan's super extro- extroverted and she walk in a room and start talking to anybody, which may or may not be why I keep her along too. <laughs> but she makes a great point. Use your community. Use people as your source because you can read all about things. And let me tell you, I have fact checked and I've researched. I am a book reader. I do all that stuff before I go do something. And sometimes it's just completely different than what you experience. But if I talk to someone else... Or when I do talk to someone else before I go do it, they've given you that one little tidbit you needed to know, like about the cycle class and that you're going to feel slightly violated by the seat, but you're going to enjoy it. What is your go-to nutrition product supplement? What is it? I do have to have some kind of electrolyte replacement. And that was a, a hard lesson for me. I know when I started, I was like, oh, I can't handle the sugar in the Gatorades because isn't that defeating the purpose of why I'm out here to begin right. with? But, you know, for peach tree training, it's hot and I'd be doing great out on the um, course or, you know, out on the street and I'd get back and start drinking well, I needed electrolytes. And, you know, whenever I go to the gym for an hour and I've done a class, I may feel like I do, but I really don't. You know, like when is it appropriate to, you've gone beyond what your body can handle for that particular activity? Because I also found with Peachtree training that um, I would go home and eat until I felt better. It's like, well, I didn't need that. I needed to not go home and snack on pretzels and ice cream. I needed to go home, have my electrolytes, take a nap. Right. And not undo all the good things that I had done. I like it. But I do a lot of, I don't do a lot of products, a lot of, um, you know, I don't have a go-to, oh, you must, you must do that. Um, Because it's just not, I'd rather find a natural thing that makes me feel better. Right. The electrolytes are real. You need them. We are in Georgia and it is hot all the time, it seems like. And we're always sweating. And replacing the electrolytes a lot of times solves the craving you may have for something super salty when you're done. It could be that your sodium is depleted. I have my own electrolyte homemade mix that I use because I don't do well with the um, added colors and sometimes the types of sugar that are in pre-made electrolyte drinks, but there's nothing wrong with them if it works for you. I will post a link to um, my homemade electrolyte mix in the show notes so that if you want to try a quote-unquote natural um, electrolyte drink, you can. But Gatorade, Powerade works too for a lot of people. There's uh, lots of people who use it, but knowing when you need it is a critical thing. It, it was really important because all I was doing was diluting what was in there and it was getting to the scary points of your body's freaking out here because it doesn't, it can't handle even the water you're putting in there because you're, you're done. I like it. So you I'll know. take that as our last practical tip, which is listen to your body. Now we're going to move along to the fun portion of it. I like to call it the last lap around the track and I have a few questions for you I just want the very first thing that pops in your head to answer the question are you ready yep all right first one one word to describe your journey fun favorite snack ice cream most hated exercise 
Oh, there's a lot of them. Um, planking. What's in your gym bag? The essentials of, you know, soap and shampoo and deodorant and those things I can't get to work with. <laughs> and socks, right? And socks. And everything else comes out. <laughs> I like it. Last thing you ate. Last thing I ate. A cookie. <laughs> Well, you heard it from Susan. Lots of practical tips. Every journey is different to listen to your body and have a plan. Thanks for joining us on the TJ Tells It podcast, and we'll have another great episode for you next time. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time for another episode of the TJ Tells It podcast, telling about a health and fitness journey. You can find all the archive episodes and show notes at tjtellsit.com forward slash podcast. Never miss the next episode by subscribing through your favorite podcast app, such as Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play, or just sign up for my email newsletter on tjtellsit.com. Not only that, signing up will score you a free weekly fitness planner. You can join me on Facebook to discuss the episodes and all things related to a health and fitness journey in the TJ Tells It community on Facebook. Just three questions to answer and I'll add you to the group. You can send your questions, to me at tj at tjtellsit.com. In between episodes, you can follow my journey on Instagram or Twitter by following TJ Tells It. Until next time, keep in mind that this is a one step at a time, always moving forward journey, and you will too succeed on your health and fitness journey. I'm TJ and I'm telling you.